What is up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production presented by Stick Grips. We're pumped to be back you back with you today. It's been very little time since we talked to you last. I just filled the lads in here that I was uh, listening to the podcast while working out today and got a little amped and I got a little excited for today's episode as well. Today, we have a non-player joining us, a GM, an executive uh Big wig. Let's just throw it out there, Rachel. A big wig. Today we have Rachel Anderson of the NABLL joining us today, the North American Box Lacrosse League. Rachel, thanks for tuning in here. We're excited to have you, and I'm sure we're going to have some great questions for you. Thanks for having me. Gentlemen, gentlemen, what's up? Round the horn. How's it going? Garrett, um, you look really energized today, buddy. How are you feeling? I feel great. <laughs> no, I feel fantastic. You know, it's Friday. Forgot it was Friday. Um, but yeah, we have wonderful weather outside. It's finally like feeling like somewhat summer in Chicago. So I'm feeling great right now. I'm about to get out and go in the lake a little bit later on. You talking through a marshmallow right now? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Garrett. Did no one hear that the entire time? I said, I said, it sounds like Garrett looks like he's got a lot of energy. And Garrett said, yeah, what's up guys? Yeah, I'm feeling real great over here. Anyway, Cam, <laughs> well, you know, while, while Garrett's figuring out his life and how to remove a marshmallow from his mic, Cam, what's up, man? I yeah, I just, you know, I just want to point something out. You you hit on something great in the last episode that I think I was tuned out in the actual live recording. And you were like, not yeah, surprised. Nice. you were like, yeah, it's nice to have the high school season done. I'm just like, I get to get home before 10 o'clock every night. And I'm just like, yeah, it must be nice. Great. <laughs> well, honestly, you want to concerts? What's going on? If we're if we're being re- well, I did go to the Cubs game on on Tuesday, so we lost on Monday. Cubs game Tuesday, and then I just I honestly was like thinking that this week would be so much easier, but I feel like I'm pl- kind of playing catch up at work, you know, with finally having more. For- like I instead of going to lacrosse practice from five to seven, I was like continuing to to work and catch up on on, on everything that I've been doing, um, or haven't been doing, I guess. Right, so. It's it's nice, and I I don't think I could be literally any more ready for a long weekend. I I um, literally told Macy I was like, okay, we got people coming over tomorrow. Sunday we're actually going to go check out our wedding venue because it's a little less than a year that we're getting married, so we want to go, you know, scope scope it out. And then Monday I'm like, I literally don't want to do a single thing. Like if if you want to go wherever you want to go, that's cool. But I am not leaving the bed. Like I just want to lay down and have an actual day off of not having anything. So um, really looking forward to that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean it's it's nice to. Well, you act like I have all, all this time off now. Like there's literally two weeks, and then I'm back coaching summer, right? So it's it's not it's not you know six days a week by any means, but it is still three days. You know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think is our practices, and then you know you've got three tournament weekends. Uh, the the senior A starting up, so we're gonna have practices on that for like Monday, I think. Uh, so you know, it's it's not necessarily gonna be any less busy. It just feels a little bit better because whereas the head coach, I have to be in charge of everything. I could just have people tell me where I need to be and not have to think about it, which is uh, definitely a plus. So I'm excited yeah. for the summer. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that it's, I mean, I know it's going to go quick because it always does. Um, but speaking of summer, I know that you, you had messaged me earlier today 
saying that uh, you're really pumped for the World Games, especially because they just made some big announcement, right, for the halftime show? Yeah, Steve Aoki. Um, here's the, you know, here's the funny part. And, and Garrett, I think you will find appreciation in this. And Cam and I have talked about this. We brought up the fact that I wear cowboy boots, like, just to go out. Like, that's how it is in Iowa. And and that was shocking. So I'm, I am, like, a diehard country music fan. Like, very into it. And I'm not really that into like any other genre of music, but like Steve Aoki, I saw that and I was like, dude, Steve Aoki. I was like, absolutely 100% in for this. Like if they were like, okay, like Brad Paisley, Dirk Bentley, Luke Combs, you know, they're going to perform. I'm like, totally awesome. But Steve Aoki, different level of energy, man. So that just, I mean, I'm counting down the days till we get out there. Um, I'm looking at my flight itinerary every day. I'm getting more and more pumped. And then they make an announcement like this. And I'm just like, you guys are, are setting up for an absolutely incredible several weeks, days of lacrosse, however long it is. I mean, lots of lacrosse, lots of great community members. San Diego, first off, I mean, San Diego. Um, and then now this, like, does this get any better? I mean, I'm sure it's going to. I say this now, but. <laughs> Pretty phenomenal. And then we talked about just briefly pre-recording. We talked about the how big this is for lacrosse to get a, a name like Steve Aoki um, to huge. perform at a lacrosse event. That's huge because from my knowledge in past world games, they it hasn't been as much of an entertainment side of things. Um, whereas I can already see that this world games is really, really, really shaping up to be very heavy on the media side and the entertainment side which I would expect nothing less from San Diego and Snapdragon Stadium. Um, so I, I feel like we're going to almost get a little more PLL vibes out of, uh, out of this go around with the, uh, the international scene. So I'm completely pumped about it. Mr. DJ Garrett up here, dude. Okay. So first off, for those who don't know, Garrett is a practicing DJ. I mean, buddies are over here on a Wednesday night, you know, going down and, and I, I look on my story and I'm like, what's Garrett doing at 1am on a Wednesday night? And he's, he's making the people dance, you know, he's, he's, he's putting the music out there. So Garrett, what's your take on this, man? I mean, you gotta be pumped for this, right? I'm excited. Um, not gonna lie. I feel sorry for whoever has to sit next to you on the plane. Cause I know you're just going to be sitting there the whole time. Dude. Just like, dude, <laughs> you, you want to know what you want to know what, guess what? First row, first seat, flight there. No one has to listen to me except for the flight attendant. And the flight attendant's gonna be like this guy. They are there to listen. So, but this is yeah, it's gonna be really, really fun. Um, hell, I mean, I don't think the PLO has anybody, you know, anybody this big. I'm just saying, you know, hey, step it up. But this is gonna be fun. I mean, Snapdragon Stadium. You have Steve Aoki, and then you have teams from around the world coming here to play lacrosse for a span of two weeks. I can't think of anything better to do in the in my summer. This is going to be the best time ever. This is my summer vacation. This I'm is pretty, it. I'm not going to lie. Cammy. Yeah, I, I'm honestly, because, you know, one of the things that we do try to talk about is more of the business side, because I think, you know, from a fan perspective, you really pay attention more to, uh, you know, the players, the kind of semantics, right? Um, but I think that they're really starting to bring in the right people to make decisions on on how to get more attraction for these events. So, Rachel, I'm, I'm curious, you know, from this kind of 
um, going from a, a lacrosse event to now some somewhat more of like an entertainment event? I mean, do you think that this is something that's going to be a positive uh, spin for, you know, the World Lacrosse Championships to to kind of potentially get some of those more non-traditional fans to come out? For sure. I think it puts like an exclamation point on it. You know, like the Super Bowl, people tune into the Super Bowl, some people just for the halftime show. So I think when you get a name like that with the global recognition and lacrosse is a global sport, you know, it's the world games. I think it just, it puts an exclamation point on the event. It's like, we're serious. We're, you know, we we're coming to play and like, come for this, come for the entertainment. You're not going to be disappointed either way. So I, I think it's a great move. I think it's smart on their part. 100%. I mean, if you look at any big event, right? I mean, you know, it's not the Super Bowl, but I, I think that if you want to put your name in the same conversation as, you know, the big, biggest event in each sport or, or represent that that kind of notion, right? Every kind of, you know, whether it's an all-star game or like I said, the Super Bowl or, or whatever, they always bring in big acts, right? Whether they're singing the national anthem or they're doing a halftime show or something like that. And and it, I think that that's one thing maybe lacrosse has been missing is is making it more of an entertainment thing. I think Tucker, you might have some more knowledge than I do about like the PLL and and them trying to to make it more interactive or or you know appeal to uh, different audiences. But having a, someone like Steve Aoki come to perform at the halftime show uh, in a game against you know USA and Canada. I mean, how could you like get more excited for something like that, right? Especially if you're a lacrosse fan, and then now you have this this huge show that's going to happen at halftime. Like, I, I can't believe we get to go as like a media arm and and be able to actually cover this. And I would assume we get to get in for free, hopefully, world lacrosse. But <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I I think um, genius marketing, really, really, really smart marketing because it it will um, draw and appeal to a non lacrosse audience. Um, so you will you guarantee you will have fans at that game who have never seen a lacrosse game before, never knew their summer was going to have a lacrosse game in it yet. Steve Aoki's performing. So they're going to be there. So, um, you know, even let's say, let's say you get 2000 non lacrosse fans there that get there. They're not, they're not lacrosse people. They've never seen lacrosse before. They're there to see Steve Aoki. If, if they catch any of those games and you retain 200 to 300 of those 2000 fans, those two to 300, five, 10 years down the road, they could turn themselves into two, three, 4,000 people. Like the impact of just a few people that get hooked on lacrosse in the most unusual ways is what leads to the growth of the game. So from a, a growth perspective and especially us lacrosse and especially, you know, world lacrosse, this is absolutely genius. This is absolutely genius. And there's, there's so many more celebrities and, um, prominent figures in society who have lacrosse backgrounds that we don't even know about. And I, I, I could be speaking out of pocket, but I actually, I think Steve Aoki has a lacrosse connection outside of this. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of major actors that when they're interviewed, they allude to the fact that they have a lacrosse background. So I think anytime that we can bring in well-known figures from pop culture that appeal to a greater audience than just lacrosse, that's when things start to grow because we can only grow so much in just a lacrosse fan base. When you start to expand out the lacrosse fan base and you start to show them that, I mean, really it's one giant party. That's where things really start to go. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's be honest. Like you went to a Cubs game recently. I'm a diehard baseball fan. I'm playing baseball this entire summer and I love it. I really do. And I missed it in a lot of ways, but it's not the same. Like you can put somebody at a baseball game who's never seen baseball and they're going to be like, okay, 
this is hard to watch. Like long-term, this is hard to watch unless they're super boozed up. If they're super boozed up, who cares what they're watching? But you put somebody in front of a lacrosse game, doesn't matter how old they are. If they're an adult and they're drinking a cold beverage, even better. They're going to watch it just to watch it and try to understand what's going on. Like it's, it's enticing, man. It's, you know, it's like the old Jackie moon. It's provocative quote. Like that's what it is. Like that's marketing. Like that's like, think about, think about the movie semi-pro and like all those scenes about what they were doing to get people in arenas, to get people to watch games. This is very much a marketing ploy to get people in stance, which leads to who knows how much growth, like really who knows how much growth. Yeah, I mean, and to your point, like, I don't go to Cubs games because I'm a diehard baseball fan. Like, I'm going there because I'm hanging out with my buddies and we're sitting around for three hours, like, drinking beer, watching sport, right? Like, and that's, you know, that's awesome. And it's a very historic atmosphere, right? And that that's a cool aspect, too. It's in Chicago and I love the city. So, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I think I've, I've definitely brought this example before, but NASCAR, right? They're, they're going to have a race here and it's coming up soon. So I can't wait for my my typical everyday life to be screwed because I have to dodge NASCAR, you know, a NASCAR race in my, in like next to my building, but uh, they're having this big event, right? Not a NASCAR fan by any means, but you throw names like Randall Lambert and chain smokers that are going to be there like down the street from me. I'm probably going to start looking into that, checking that out. Right. Like it's not so much a NASCAR event anymore. It's more so just, uh, some sort of large kind of like party that you alluded or that you um, alluded to before, right? So I, I think that them adding an act like this and not just like a small act, they weren't like, hey, we went and got Nelly, right? That hasn't you know had a big hit in years. I'm or with like, Nelly. I mean, I love Nelly too, years, Damn, but he played is. Taste of Chicago, right? He wasn't at Lollapalooza. He was at Taste of Chicago, right? And that's a free, you know. So I'm saying like it's not like they went out there and got like some B-lister, like they got. You know, on a, a, a big name DJ who pretty much, you know, could be considered a household name at this point. And they're saying, hey, if you're not coming for lacrosse, you can come for this aspect and then be able to enjoy a new sport that you've never seen before. Right. So I think they're doing it right. Um, and honestly, uh, I can't wait to be a part of it and, and share that from like a fan perspective. Um, I know that we wanted to also talk about um, some of the NLL awards that just came out, right? Uh, Garrett, I think you had that pulled up. Do you want to give us a run through on uh, some of those uh, awards that they just came out with? All right. Let's hope I don't mess this one up. Let's see what we got here. Because I definitely did just talking about it. So, Lyle Thompson has won his fifth straight sportsmanship award. Awesome. And Georgia Swarm has their... Uh, that's their sixth straight award for sportsmanship people. So obviously they got some really dope guys down there. Um, Dan Dawson has his second teammate of the year award, which is fantastic. Who else do we got? Um, Christian Del Bianco uh, just got MVP. Pretty sure that's right. Yeah, we'll yeah, roll with it. Pretty cool that a goalie took MVP. Yeah, that's yeah, that's 100%. fantastic. I mean, who's like the most the the star of the team? Usually isn't the goalie that people are highlighting, but he's obviously like the rock of the defense. Well, yeah, and let's talk about the, the options game. too, right? I think the three options were Del Bianco, Teat, and Dane Smith. Dane Smith, right? So the two battling for the the points leader, right, and then a goalie, right? So you would expect it not to be uh, the goalie that takes right. that home, right? But it's it. I mean, Christian Del Bianco, he had a fantastic season. Um, obviously, all the way up until they they lost in the the uh, semifinal right or the conference final um 
but the, the guy's continuing to show growth every year and he's a definitely a force in the cage. So I think it's great that he's getting that recognition. And I think, I don't think that anyone disagrees, right? I don't think that that was announced and people were like, Oh, it should have went to Dane Smith or like, you know, I like Jeff T more. Right. I think people, especially those that actually play in the league or, or big NLL fans are like, Oh, that's sick. Like he yeah. definitely deserves that. And it's cool uh, to, to give, you know, credit where it's due. So. He's got some big numbers here. Um, he's the second goalie ever, goaltender ever to win this award. And he's a third non-forward person to win it also. Um, That's crazy. crazy. Interesting. And he set a record. I'm reading this off the website, but he set a record for 1,080 minutes. 1,080 and 19 minutes. So that he was on the court for forever, basically. <laughs> Do they even have a backup at this point? Because, geez. He's not doing any load management, is what you're saying. No, he that that man is in there. He's like, I'm in the game. I'm I'm in the game, and we're we're not leaving till this game's over. Love it though. Uh, we got Jonathan Donville. He gets a rookie of the year, which Great. I was surprised because I really thought it was going to come down to Jack Hanna or Brett Dobson. Yeah. Um, and then they just went Donville, and I was like, wow, that's pretty sick. And and I don't know if you guys saw it today, but Panther City. Um, they have like all their guys film themselves saying like congratulations, and then they like stitched it together and posted that. And I was like, oh, that's that's you know, actually it's really like funny. sentimental, you know. It like makes you feel good and and like feel like a, um, you know, almost like a, a close knit part of the community. So yeah, wow. He did have a bunch of points. He's got like Brett Dobson and Jack Hand were tied for three three fifty six, and Jonathan Donville had five hundred forty three. <laughs> So I'm like, <laughs> good for him. That's fantastic. And then what? Uh, who else do we have here? Uh, Zach Courier has his second transition player of the year. Uh, Trail Harris has the defenseman of the year, defense player of the year. Good job. You gonna get him on the podcast? Look, Latrell, answer my DMs, bro. Let's just stop playing around. Let's just call it what it is. I slid. You responded. I slid again. You were like, ah, no. So let's just. <laughs> Answer me back. Ouch. It's Rachel. Rough when you get I, left I, on I red. Wanna ask, uh, I want to ask Rachel. Um, is this something that you guys see yourselves doing in the NABLL? Um, you think you'll you'll be able to have enough uh, statistics or enough you know communication with the teams to be able to come out with with some awards like this? Well, we we did it for nationals. Um, uh, we had stat takers like it wasn't on the teams that we took responsibility for that and. Um, we had leaderboards on the website and we did <clears throat> show and like did a tournament MVP. And um, I would love to do it uh, now that we've been through year one and, and kind of got everybody adjusted to expectations and a little less flying the plane while we're building it this year and a little more, you know, making, making it great and, and adding all the things that, the, the details that make it spectacular. I'm hoping that we get a lot of more buy-in. Um, we are going to splash those leaderboards right on the website. So players can put a little pressure on their GM to be like, dude, where's my name? <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'd love to. And we did do it for nationals and like people were, I mean, it doesn't matter the age you want to see your name on the board. So uh, they were they were loving it. So I'm very excited to make that a little more forefront this season for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it it gives other like just the whole, you know, NABLL kind of team base, you know, more of an incentive to continue to be 
you know, work hard to get to that level that, you know, some of the top tier teams are in the league, right? Because, you know, being able to to put a good season together is important, but also being able to just get some recognition across, you know, the community is obviously great too. So, um, yeah, I hope that you guys are able to to continue to do that and, and recognize, uh, you know, your players that are uh, separating themselves from the pack. So that'd be really sure. awesome. Tucker, I'm looking at you, man. I want you to kick things off here after Garrett uh, gives Rachel her nickname. I want to hear your hard hitting questions about the NABL because I know you've got them in your pockets, coming out of your ears, behind your head, wherever it is, bro. And you're just going to fire them off, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> wow. Like, Don't be too enthusiastic. You know, you know what? You know what? It all depends on how good Garrett's nickname is. If Garrett's nickname isn't anything, then I'm going to be really upset. I'm going to be really upset, Garrett. I'm going to come take that that motivational sign out of your background. I'm going to take that thing and throw out the window. You better get this thing right. I'm nervous now. Pressure, man. Come on. I'm nervous for Garrett. You got Garrett. His, <laughs> his, his job is on the line. Jeez. Okay. Well, which song are you taking? That's going to be the first part. Just I kind of like that one. So you can you can take that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. All right, but obviously you've all tuned in. You're still here. If you're not still here, you're just tuned in. So hey, welcome to the show. But today we have Rachel, the rock star ruler Anderson. And why do I call her the rock star ruler? This lady runs the NABL, runs a whole box team in Minnesota. But honestly, we I feel like that resume is incomplete. What what else are you in charge of? What if you started? What other initiatives do you have? Let's just let's just roll the red carpet and start listing it off. Uh, well, I also am the coordinator of the boys youth program in our town. Um, we're yeah, um, we're rebuilding as an independent association this year. So, I'm uh, from from my U eight son all the way up through. Uh, our 57-year-old goalie in the NABLL, like, I got them all covered. If that doesn't scream responsible person and incredible leader to you, I don't know what does. That got me hyped up. So is that I, – I think that was a good one. I'm not going to lie. That was a good nickname. It's a good little rundown. I already see Tuck smiling, so you know he's got some energy. Well, and really quick, honestly, before we jump in, Tucker, I know I called you out, but I honestly would like Rachel to kind of give her background because – it's not like you you kind of grew up around the sport, right? This is still something that that you're you know learning more about every day. I mean, you're you're clearly an expert now in, in everything that you've uh, taken on and and been able to you know take to the next level. But run us through that journey. How did you end up getting involved in lacrosse and box lacrosse in general? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll say I've I've learned a lot in um, the game, in business, and and everything like. Um, I have a long Google history. How do I file this paperwork? How do I? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, obviously, I, I haven't played men's box lacrosse. Um, I am now a reliable passer and catcher, which is a very exciting development. That's great. Um, and, I have, and I have a sparkly blue stick. Um, but I got into it. My My oldest son was a catcher. And as soon as youth lacrosse, field lacrosse came to our town, he was like, and I'm out. And he was like, mom, I'm playing that. And, and I was like, well, I, what? <laughs> like, you're going to break your grandpa's heart. And he was like, no, I'm playing that. And he was even a catcher. So, you know, he was like active in the play. He's like, this is boring. But like, to be fair, kid pitch baseball is trying. 
So uh, he was out um, about fifth grade and went to play lacrosse. And um, his first season ever, they they tied their last game. That's the best we did. And it was real exciting. And I I went from not ever knowing why the whistle blew or we changed directions or any of it. Um, I had seen one swarm game back when they were in Minnesota, um, which was super fun. And like we had alluded to before, like the atmosphere was incredible. I had no idea what was going on, but it was fun. And like, it's an aggressive game. I grew up with hockey. So like, I, you know, I, I love a good contact sport and as he like progressed through school, I, I became a really great booster mom. And I, I took the role on, um, we have boys and girls and I, I took on the boys like coordinator role with them. And it was, it was super fun. Um, I think I was born to be a team mom. I had the best time with those boys. Like they're so funny and they're, they're awesome. I love them. And I, he wanted to be recruited to play in college. And his coach was like, you got to play box then, man, you got to play box. And, and Evan, it was game for whatever. And he went and he played club box. And after his first practice, he's like, this is so much better. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is. And so that was like our, our real introduction into like more than just a swarm game, like the actual sport. And so, yeah, the, the rest, it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, I got to be super good friends with the coaching staff and they were like, we're going to start a team. Do you want to run it? And I was like, yeah, sure. No idea what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the first year was incredible chaos, but like, even as a non-player, nothing compares to game day. Um, it's the most fun. And I, my guys are amazing. I, I, my team is a blast to be around. And when the the calls after nationals of what year was it? 2020, 2021, um, 2020 came around. They were like, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get together and we're going to form a board. I was like a board. Okay. And I talked to my team. I have a board on my team. I was like, you guys, I think I want to do this. And they were like, do it. They'd be lucky to have you. And so like, they're super supportive. Um, so I did it. And now here we are. That's awesome. And uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy to talk to, you know, people like yourself, because I think typically when you think of box across, especially with it being so big in, in Canada, right. You just mostly picture, you know, people being part of the sport their whole lives, but it's something that kind of came to you a, a lot later. Right. And, and to me, for sure, I, you know, I, I can't speak for, for Tucker who grew up playing it and, and, and for, for Garrett's experience, but you know, box is still something that's that's super new to me because it's not huge in the U.S., right? And and these are the stories that we want to highlight because at, you know the lacrosse community can use more Rachel Andersons, right? People that are advocates and that actually care um, and, and want to make sure that they're picking everyone up and not leaving anyone behind and making sure that's inclusive and it's done right. And you know, so I have to commend you for that, um, Tucker. Letter rep, man. What do you got? I'm I'm excited now. <clears throat> I I mean, my brain's firing and like a hundred different directions right now, which is, that's a pretty good day, you know? Um, but just 100. yeah, just a hundred, <laughs> just, just a bunch of thoughts. Those here. are low numbers. I don't know. If I'm, you I'm, saw I'm, my tabs open, you would be like, okay, we're, we're, we're cut from the same side. <laughs> there you go. I'm right there with you. I got them going behind too. I just, I, I think it's, um, I think this, so like 
the way I kind of want to take this um, from an educational perspective is early on in this podcast, um, we talked about kind of the history of men's quote unquote senior level box lacrosse in the U.S. and how for a long time, the prominent league was the IBLA. You know, I got my start in it. I founded my team in it. Like my roots and understanding of box definitely tie back to IBLA. And even when I was really young and there was teams playing in the original IBLA. And then we talk a lot about, hey, now there's the NABLL, there's the GPBLL, and then there's a lot of fringe leagues. And we, we try to explain the landscape to people and try to get them to understand how it all works. And it, it's often very difficult because of how it is right now. And I guess the biggest thing for you guys and, and for the NABLL, um, and, and you've put yourself in a very public image now with, um, you know, making the, the partnership with the PLL and getting your name out there in a very big way. And I mean, like you can Google box lacrosse in the U.S. and the NABLL comes up. And I don't know if people fully understand the timeline of of how short it's gone from you guys starting this yes. to now like i remember that i remember the first call and i think you and i were both on it way, yeah. way way back like right after ibla folded like weeks after and i remember sitting in my car and everyone's talking about forming a new league and this is what's going to happen here's how it's going to work and i still distinctly remember that as not very long ago so just if you don't mind taking us on your perspective and your journey of I guess, first off, why did the NABLL start? What was the need? And where has the journey gone from not so long ago to an awesome spot now? It, it, when I look back, it, it's a shocking, you're right. It's a shockingly short timeline. Um, we didn't set out to form a new league. Like um, there was a lot of displeasure after the nationals of the IBLA in Lakeland, Florida. Um, my my team wasn't there. We were brand new first year baby team. And um, my son actually spent his freshman year in Lakeland at Florida Southern. Um, so I was like, I was parked right next to the building where they had it. And we got just a message on our Instagram. And and the girl who at the time was helping with our social media was like, Rachel, do you, do you want this? And I was like, yes, I've always been of the mind that it never hurts to listen. Um, and if it affects our team, like one of my struggles as a first year leader was that there, there weren't any resources. Like it felt like everything was being decided at a secret text message chain that I wasn't a part of. And I'm super lucky because the guys that play on my team and our coach, like they had, they had had a team already. So I'm sure I annoyed them to death asking questions, but like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. And so like, what are the rules? What are the parameters? How does this work? And, and it seemed like loose at, that's the best word I can think of to use. And so when these calls came up, like we had heard things about, you know, people being disappointed and it, we really didn't set out to start this. Um, we set out to be like a representative voice of the teams. Um, they just, there was a lot of displeasure and how things were done. And so, yeah, a new league wasn't even, so that makes it seem even shorter. If you know that that wasn't our original intention was just to be a representative board. Um, it became clear through a series of meetings that, that that was the answer that we were going to pursue was going to be a different league. And so we met every week for hours and hours 
and um, started working, you know, on the framework of it. We started working on having rules that were published and we started working on bylaws that like we would be responsible for behaving in a way that was serving our community. Um, we decided we would be a league that was for the teams because without the teams, we don't exist. Like they're our customer. I mean, the, the teams, the players, you know, like we only exist because they, they want us to. So a lot of talking about like, what, what do we want this to look like? How do we get this to have longevity? Um, yeah. Hours and hours of meeting, you know, my floating head compatriots, like we, and then we announced on Christmas Eve and we were not ready if I am probably like selling some secrets here, but we were like, there was so much pressure to say what was happening. Cause there was all these teams that they just want to play. And so you're like, guys, we, we gotta, we gotta tell them what we're doing. And so we, we went public on Christmas Eve and we had, we had teams just like, I, I was a terrible mother on that Christmas probably because our phones were just blowing up because like everyone had questions and, and, you know, we want in, we want to play, what are you doing? How does it look? And so it, the, the next few months were a blur until we really kicked off the season. So we just had one um, one complete season our nationals were in Columbus Ohio and I'll tell you I started like making notes in the hotel room on Sunday night before I came back I'm like what do we need to do next year how are we going to make this better um, and that's what we've been doing in the off season um, a lot of my off season has been spent in meetings um, we learned there was a lot of people watching what we were doing and, and not a lot of people wanted to talk that first year. And that's fair. Like there's, there was a lot of broken trust. Like you said, there's those tiny like house leagues almost that are all over the place. And like the community at whole, like kind of splintered, I feel like, which is, it was COVID and then this happened. And so it's just, there's a lot of distrust and like kind of making up for sins of the past that aren't necessarily ours, but like we have a responsibility to, and so, yeah, I, I will take a call from anyone in my league at any time and, and help like solve those problems. Like I have spent time on the phone with potential partners and sponsors and new teams. And yeah, so this season is really fun to get ready for because like we did all the icky, like admin stuff, but we really needed a solid structure to start with. So we're just, we're kicking off season two next week. Great. That was exactly what I was looking for. Yeah. And I, I think um, it's interesting that you, you also highlight, you know, that there is some, there's always going to be some negative backlash too, right? You're not going to be able to make everybody happy, but I think that, you know, the, the moral of the story here is that for the majority of what you guys are doing, it's, it's being well-received. And if it didn't, you know, impress people before you have a lot of people looking at you, taking notes, potentially trying to replicate what you're doing. Right. And it's for a reason. It's because you guys are doing it really well. So, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, there wasn't a question there, but I, I just, I, it's really impressive and it's, it's really cool to see that there's other people out there that feel as passionate as we do. And, you know, I, I'm just glad that you could come on and, and, you know, partner with us and, and tell your story. Um, anyone have, it's, it's have, easy have, to talk about something <laughs> that I really love so much. It's yeah, not a job to talk about it. Yeah, I would assume that you have a big family, right? Like everyone that you come in contact with, it seems like that you make a good relationship with and and leave an impact on and definitely us too. So, um, you know, what does it look like in terms of, because, you you know, you talk about having a busy 
um, off season, right? But you're getting ready to kick off uh, your second season. And, and obviously, you know, like you said, you're, you're already trying to implement things from last year that were great and, and change things that could have been improved on. So, you know, now that you're uh, coming up to the beginning of your season, right? Like how are things, is it, you know, DEFCON 5? Like are people like running all over the place? I'm sure you're on so many other meetings and calls. Like what does that look like? Well, um, we we set firm timelines. Um, you might not know this, but lacrosse guys aren't super good at meeting deadlines. What? Uh, what? I know, crazy. Um, <laughs> but they've been great, which is which is amazing. But like we knew we couldn't like spin the dial. We had to like slowly raise it. And so um we've got schedules, we've got uh regional playoff formats all figured out already. Um and so, yeah, our first games are going to be like June 3rd and 4th. So like there, there's some regions that are like ready to kick off right away. Um, we give them a lot of flexibility because the regions are so, so different. They all have different needs. And so as long as they like finish their season, you know, within the parameters, then that's really all we're looking for. We give them a lot of flexibility to choose what there's, what they're, format looks like so yeah our our off season was crazy busy i don't feel super defcon 5 like maybe that's a little naive but um people are meeting their deadlines are doing a much better job communicating big fan of communication um so yeah i'm not i think it's gonna be great um we've got six new teams that we've never had before we we have new regions and yeah i'm ready i'm ready i'm excited to get us kicked off yeah, and, and that was uh, one thing I was actually going to bring up. I don't know if we've said it already, but you've 37 teams under the NABL umbrella, right? So that's that's more than the NBA, right? I mean, that's more than a lot of, like, big leagues. That's a lot to manage. So, I mean, it's it's got to be a lot of emails, a lot of meetings. But it sounds like you guys are well-prepared, and, and we're definitely excited for you guys to kick things off. So we We break the country into pieces, and then, you know, like – oversee each piece and then and then come together so we have full like full league meetings obviously where everybody is is on there but you know the planning meetings for each region happen within themselves and then they just report back to us um the plan for their season and so yeah that was a that was a huge kind of step towards like breaking it down a little because it's just it's far too much for for one little i mean there's six of us to do so it's it's it needs to be in bite-sized pieces. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that was that was actually one of the questions I was gonna ask you is really the management part of it. Um and it, it's good to see that even after completing one season, that was already in place before they even happened. Like, hey, let's just let these teams make their own schedules. We'll give them guidance on certain things, but let you guys do the other stuff and go from there. That's really good to hear. Um, I know a couple of the teams are starting in the early June, especially those who is it? The um, oh my gosh! It's like a um in Austin they're having like a big a little tournament. I know the bomb is going to be there. Uh, the Gulf the Gulf Coast region, yeah. Yep. Um, upstate New York is having a a tournament too. So we've got both are kicking us off early. Which is that's that is really cool. Like seeing it happen this early in the in the in the summer is awesome. Um, touching on your experience with the Isotopes uh, Lacrosse Club, um. How is, I mean, you're out in Minnesota, so it's not like you have any teams super close to you, but with 37 teams in the league, you have a good amount of uh, 
people to choose from if you want to do like a travel game. Um, so for those teams that are more remote, what does that look like for um, if they want to have those options? Um, so some of our regions are pretty far flung. Um, the Southeast is a great example. Like in Minnesota, we have three teams and we're within like 20 minutes of each other. We're so spoiled. Like we're so spoiled. Um, we have our own little hotbed here and the competition is good. Um, my team is, is the baby team. Like we're, we're new and, and young, but uh, the other, the other two teams have been around a while and, uh, we work really beautifully together and it's great because we can do home and home series. So we're lucky, but those regions that are like a little more geographically diverse, uh, they meet for round robins. So like you'll see the Southeast and now like the, the Southeast split into the Southeast and the mid Atlantic or I'm sorry, the South Atlantic. And they, they've got like good, sometimes four or six hours. So they meet and they do a weekend and then they'll play a couple of games over the course of either a Saturday and Sunday or a Friday, Saturday, Sunday to maximize their travel time. That makes sense. That's actually fairly smart, especially with a league that has, I mean, 37 teams. That's, you're not going to get tired of playing um, the same people over and over again. Um, you have plenty of competition. Um, now, I know you may be a little biased. Do you have a favorite team in the league? Oh gosh, you I can't that's like I have four children. You can't ask me if I have a favorite. Um nope, I can't I can't tell you. I can tell you who I think is a very good competitor, but there are a couple gentlemen that if I say that one of them is my favorite, they're gonna be on my phone right now and be like, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> no? I remember we we talked um like in our intro call and you said that you're you're trying to collect uh merch from all the teams, right? I I am. Um I if a girl is going to run your team, I'm going to lead in. I'm going to lean in to the girl's going to steal your hoodie stick. So I have like seven of them collected already. Uh, yes. So I I'm trying to have something from all the teams. Now I have a couple t-shirts, but in Minnesota, the hoodie season is much longer than the t-shirt season. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I remember yeah. seeing you sporting the Virginia golden bears and they actually, they stream on the box cross channel or they're about to, which is really cool. So uh, it was fun to see that, and uh, hopefully we can continue to partner with more of your teams going forward. But, um, yeah. Rachel, we, we I mean, fantastic conversation. Love having you on. Um, is there anything before we kind of wrap up here that you'd love, like to shout out, uh, you know, give a platform for? The, the floor is yours. You asked me about the offseason, and I – I made a huge misstep. So one thing that is our mission was that we would reinvest in our league. So anything um, above and beyond that was in the black for us profits, we would reinvest 51% of the profits back into our league. So we have seven original owners. So like we would take a paycheck and then we would invest 51% back in the league. And this year um, I sent out a survey to all of our teams upon completion of our first season about what they wanted that to look like and the overwhelming response and you won't be surprised was refing um i think if i gave you the best referees in the world there'd still be a reason to have a problem with their calls but <laughs> there was there's huge inconsistencies right like there were some cases in the southeast where they were teaching the game in the parking lot before it starts right like so 
there is not a plethora of box lacrosse referees in in the non-traditional regions and so referee education and training was something that was really echoed over the course of many many teams and so that's what we did um dave mather out in seattle eh, with the kings also um the coordinator of of our league is responsible for that this season and he has absolutely crushed it he had his first training call last night um tons tons of participation um we have been super grateful to have the expertise of brian lemon and and some other nll and uh can-am refs offer their words on training and training materials so we have taken all of our our off-season investment and put it in referee training so Dave is doing an absolutely phenomenal job. So I definitely like this should have been my first thing to say with the off season is, is our focus on referee training. So super proud of that. And I think that it's a very visible step for our teams and hopefully results in more satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, you can't make everyone happy, but it sounds like you guys are taking the right steps to just continue to to round off every aspect of your league, right? From the play to the teams to obviously giving them the support and the referees. And, you know, that's that's the way to do it. So um, it was really awesome to, to have you come on and, and hear your perspective and, um, you know, just kind of pick your brain on that. And we definitely want to have you back and appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll definitely come back. 100%. Awesome. That sounds great.